Hey guys, this is Adam from the podcast and you are listening to Quick Clips. Quick Clips are condensed versions from one of our previous podcast episodes, featuring some of the interesting things our guests had to say. If you want to hear the full episode, we'll have it in the show notes below. And with that, let's start the show. Sarah, I've got a I've got a little bit of confession for you. Uh-oh. I am a car guy, have been <sighs> for a while. And I actually love European cars. I'm more, I'm actually more of a JDM kind of guy, but love Euro cars. Okay. I do not understand for the life of me, the Porsche lineup. <laughs> I, people start talking to me about, oh, you like that Cayman? Yeah, that's a 991.2. And I'm like, sure. Like it's a, it's a freaking Porsche Cayman. That's what I, that's what I know. Like I'm okay with like Porsche Cayman, Porsche Turbo um obviously you know you have your 911 but like when you start adding in the letters and the numbers behind them i'm just i am (laughs) lost and then i just never understood porsche just seems to hop around on which one is the best version too because as an example porsche 911 gt3 rs you would automatically assume that it is better than the gt2 rs not so like or (laughs) i'm just like it's the number is higher. <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? So anyways, is there, is there any way to make that simpler for me? Or am I just stupid? Or like, do you have to have a college degree in Porsche <laughs> literacy to do this? Like what, what's the secret? Okay. So let me, let me get back down to the basics. Um, so it, when, when you're, I mean, you're, you're putting in Cayman and slash Boxster cause they're, they're, you know, obviously both mid engines. One's a, a coupe and one's a, um, uh, soft top so but we'll get back to let's say the 911 series so the 911s are going to go all the way back you know you've got your 356 and your 912 and then you're running into your 911s and then you're going back to you know the 70s all the way up until now so they're all the 911s portion of it are all 911s which is confusing in itself so a 911 built today is still a 911 built back in the 70s 80s right. but you've got different kind of groupings and so that's when the when the production series comes out the basis of the number so whether you're talking about a night air cooled which is going to be your your you know your 90 your late 90s and back and then your water cooled which is going to be your early 2000s and forward approximately um you're talking about the so like you've got 964, 993 are, are the, the last of the, which is the Lufka cult, you know, the last of the air model. Not that there aren't earlier air models, but I feel like I'm going to confuse you. Um, okay, so let me, let me get down to, it has to do with the sequence of numbers that make up the car. That's the simplest way to put it. Okay. So the nine, now 911 part numbers do exist, but when you started to get into the 964 and then the 993, again, your last of your air cooled, and then you get into your 996s and then you get into your Cayman and Boxsters and all the other ones, it has to do with that part number. So the 996 is starting technically in 98, going up to 04, and your your all the part numbers that make up that car are mostly stamped with 996 part numbers. There are oh, going to be okay. a, a very small amount of 911 part numbers that are going to carry over, but as the years progress, less and less 911 specific part numbers are existing because they're all part of the air cooled so the newest model which is the 992 most all of the components in that car are stamped 992 okay when you get into the point one or the point two it just has to do with the production model when it was produced so you've got 
you know, um, the start of your production series for what the latest one is the 992. And then at a certain point, they, they change some of the componentry, kind of like a mid, uh, a mid model makeup, or, yep. you know, whatever you want to call it, and then you have a point too. And so there's differences, obviously, could be a suspension could be, you know, depending on the series, there's some differences that are that are going along in there. Gotcha. Um, and then, and then all of the I'm not going to even get into the real details, which is why they decided to call it a 992, because technically, you, you're right, you had a 993 a long time ago, you had a 964 a long time ago, you would think that the numbers would go in sequence, and they don't. And I think that some of them are going back to um, an homage to a race history. And I don't remember all of them, which one is connected to what, or else I would speak to it, but that we're going way above. People, people, you know, you, as a car guy, you get asked like about cars or whatever. And then people try to ask me about like Mercedes Benz. Right. And then, and or Porsche. And I'm like, yeah, here's what I know. I can tell you the difference between a Cayman. I can tell you the difference between a Boxer. I can tell you the difference between a Turbo. I can even tell you the difference between like a GT4 um a turbo s like they have very big visual differences on the outside right i said Styling, if yeah. you if you come to me and say without a picture i'm looking at a 991.2 with gt3 i'm gonna be like yeah whatever bro like couldn't <laughs> couldn't even begin to tell you what that is like <laughs> does it drive when well it, okay perfect buy it <laughs> and then even within the cayman boxster series so again you've got multiple um production segments of the Cayman and Boxer, the part numbers in those coincide with whatever model makeup was happening. So oh. when you've got the 986, it, which is going to be attached to the 996 series. So some of those parts are going to overlap between the Boxster and the 911. So the same thing with the newer Cayman Boxster series is that that part number is going to change. So then you had a 999, the 997 was the, the newer past the 996 of the 911 series but the 987 makes up most of the parts of the came the boxsters. The other thing that I was really looking forward to this conversation. So clarity coat, we had as our flagship car for a little while, a GT three RS. And I'm going to say something that to a lot of people is going to be absolute heresy. I have driven a GT three RS and I have driven a turbo S and I would take the turbo S all day long 100 well you're, yeah, not you're, even close <laughs> so the turbo s is more not that you can't track it but it's not really designed for that and then right. when you get into the gt3 and the gt2 especially the gt2 those are more designed specifically for track use yep so and even though there's still some things you have to do to make them track you know worthy we'll call it hey guys adam from the podcast i hope you are enjoying today's episode just wanted to ask you a quick favor if the show has brought you value in some way, would you mind giving us a review and sharing the show? It really helps the show get out there. Also, if you are looking to expand the services that your shop offers and you want to do more than collision work, you should really check out our company, Clarity Coat. Clarity Coat is a peelable paint that allows body shops to offer color changes cheaper than a repaint while still looking like real paint. You can also offer clear protection that has no edges and is sprayed instead of laid. Unlike vinyl and PPF, Clarity Coat can be sanded and polished, so you can give your customer the exact look that they are wanting. If you are looking to expand your shop services, go to claritycoat.com and fill out our Become an Installer form. All right, let's get back to the show. Do you have kind of a top three, top five? I mean, I'm guessing that you probably don't have a, have a singular one that you could probably say that you absolutely love, but do you have like kind of like a top three Porsches that you really care about? 
Well, I will, I guess I, I will say I do like the, 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 at least the ones that I have, the ones that I, that I've had, uh, for my daily driver, I have a Cayenne. So, oh. you know, driving my kids around is great. I love it because it's a very sporty SUV and it, and it's, if you, I mean, I can drive that in the canyons and keep up with 911. I have a, an air cooled. I have a Speedball, which is a 964 Speedster with a Turbo S engine in it. So Ooh. I do love the the Lifka Colt, you know, air series, which I, I and I entered Lifka Colt. Let's cross our fingers that I get I get accepted. Um, what else? Uh, I, I still do love all the modern as well. You know, I mean, it's I yeah, a, tur- a, conver- a Turbo S cab is probably one of my favorites if I was going to be purchasing another car. Uh, I love a convertible. I really do. And unfortunately, yeah. my Speedster has a hard top Strosec bubble roof on it, or else I would take the top off. A Porsche convertible. I just I just now thought about this. I think that might be one of the only convertibles that I actually think looks good either top up or top down. And there is like a multitude of cars that as a convertible with the top down, they look great. Like, like the they look awesome. LA Dismantler, like how long did it got, did it take you guys to kind of go from like this being like a hobby type thing to like, this is full on production. Like this is, you guys are living and breathing this thing. So it was right around the time that we were going to get married and I was finishing school and all of that kind of came to a, I had, we had rented our first place that we was going to be on our own. So, um, yeah, it took us, uh, I mean, so I, again, I met him when I was 20 and it took us a, a few years. I wasn't really involved in it for a few years. He was kind of doing his own thing and it was really just word of mouth. And then, you know, when I, when I decided that that was going to be something we did, I built the website and got us on eBay. I mean, eBay was, was kind of just a baby at that time. And oh, man. Yeah. that was eye opening because all of a sudden we had access to the world and the world had access to us. So that was, you know, it was it was a very kind of unique time like you know you didn't i didn't even the only thing i realized that that was going to be happening but all of a sudden you know we're shipping all around the world and then you have to you know find shipping companies and it's just it changes kind of everything you know as opposed to shipping you know just nationally here so um and for people that are listening just real quick ellie dismantler is like kind of like a junkyard but but just porsches so you guys find wreck porsches disassemble them sell the parts off um but i also noticed that you guys are doing rebuild parts as well as like are you guys taking engines in and rebuilding them or how does how does that part work yeah we do if we get a good core that we know that can you know be easily just you know components switched out or, or whatever we we've, i've rebuilt my engine in my cayenne um i've rebuilt many cars that i've driven we've sold rebuilt engines to numerous numerous people around the world here's here's something that i'm really curious about so you have these thousands of cars that are sitting there tens of thousands hundreds of thousands millions of parts whatever how in the world are you guys keeping an inventory of that stuff so you know you might be able to say like you know you've got 25 just i don't know pick a random porsche 911 i'm just going to use a very generic 911 term right Mm -hmm. um but like how are you guys keeping track of like what parts you have on those cars what what don't you have all that kind of stuff so this was always a a battle between my late husband and i is that i am a computerized person and he was not and so i always wanted to get everything into a inventory model system and 
he kind of fought against that for a little bit. Not that he fought against it. He just, you know, everything was in his brain. He knew pretty much what what we sold in the past, what we've got available on hand, what it's going for. You know what I mean? He's, his, his brain was a computer. And so I used to joke that if I could tap into it, that would be great. But now that he's not here with me, I can't tap into it. So yeah, it's always uh, it's always a fun kind of battle. So there's a lot of looking for parts. You know, there's some things that we have down. There's some things that my staff has been with me long enough to know off the top of their head. And there's some things that I have to send the guy gets to go out either again, looking on a shelf or looking on cars that are in the yard and see if we've got it. I mean, I would imagine that you're probably organizing your junkyard. Uh, do you mind if I call it a junkyard? Is that is that an acceptable term? It's are we what it is? Are, are we are we are it's, we it's saying like calling like, the trash we, man the refuse you know disposer or whatever? It's it's yeah. Maybe maybe the new term for junkyard is like um uh, car cemetery caregiver. Um, but anyways, I would imagine that you guys kind of like group your cars by models and years and everything like that. So you know, someone's looking for a ninety five. 911 turbo part or whatever you kind of have like a grouping of 911 turbo 95s in a certain area and you kind of go out there and like you just you just know which car's been picked up the most and which one hasn't is, is that kind of i mean back in the day anyways is that kind of roughly how you guys would used to do it if if i could organize that yard quickly enough to do that constantly that would be great now the parts off the cars that are on the shelves we have we have um different floors of parts and yes we do have those organized so we've got you know ends in one side transmissions on one side the suspension components seats all that stuff those are are organized by um by model so you know bought whether the box component could be small you know fuses it could be any whatever the components are so those are that are taken off the ones on the yard now we have kind of a mapping system so we know you know what is where so if you're looking for a specific series you just you know kind of go okay this is the you know you know, row three, third car up, you know, whatever, wherever the location is. Um, mm-hmm. That's so it, it's kind of a two part where we look on the shelf first. And then if we don't have a shelf, then we go look on the car. All right. That does it for today's quick clips. If this episode has brought you value, would you mind giving us a review? Also, if you would like to learn more about Clarity Coat and what it can do for your business, please visit us at ClarityCoat.com. See you on the next one.